Hi there. It is January 4th, 2024. Welcome to episode 304 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Hello to you from Canada. Salam Duston Aziz. Hope you are doing well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. It's 2024. Wow. The tendency, of course, is to want to say Happy New Year around this time of year, right? And why not? A new year, a blank canvas, a time for rejuvenated hope or a fresh outlook. But as you know, saying anything these days can invite an aggressive response or a full-on shaming, as if every iteration is a social media post that is yearning for comment. And, you know, sometimes it is a post. And I posted on January 1st in social media about 2024, and I guess I made the cardinal sin of wishing followers a happy new year, for which I received some requisite responses berating me for preaching, or maybe just suggesting, anything positive in a time of such difficulty in the world. Like, how can you wish a happy new year when there are people dying in the Middle East? Right. To which the only sane response is there is always going to be devastation somewhere around the world, and there has always been, and we cannot banish smiles or joy or hopes in some ineffective and reflexive attempt at respect for those dealing with atrocities being committed somewhere in the world or even down the street. You know, we went through this debate last year in the Iranian community, you may recall, in the middle of the deadly regime crackdown on the massive women life freedom uprising that began in Iran and caught fire around the world. After a while, it became clear that telling people they were not allowed to exhibit any happiness in any way for any reason at any time because there was a regime shooting at people in our homeland, it was not just unhelpful, but also a bit dumb. If we ban any happiness due to negative events in Iran, for example, we may never get to smile or laugh or bestow love on our families. And no one is suggesting we dance on graves. And if you don't feel happy on the new year, you don't have to fake it. But surely the start of a new year can be a chance to reset and preach a belief in better days to come. And so at the very least, this is a chance to take stock, as they say, to look critically or searchingly or in minute detail or even on a macro level at where we're at and where we would like to go. Assessing the past year may put the notion of Happy New Year into perspective, actually. It certainly is an option to note that things were so bad over the last 12 months in Iran in many ways that we can be elated to turn the page into a new year, a happy new year. The truth is, for the global Iranian community, an argument can certainly be made that 2023 was not the best of times, especially in contrast to the previous year. You see, if 2022 was about the realization that long-desired political and social change was going to come to Iran, 2023 was about the realization that such change is going to take time, maybe a lot of time. If 2022 was about exhilaration and demonstration, 2023 became about frustration and disintegration. If 2022 was about hope, 2023 was about how to cope. And if 2022 was about an unprecedented unity for Iranians, 2023 became a lesson in the opposite. 
So maybe today is a chance to discuss what we have learned and what we can take into 2024 on every level. We'll do that in our roundtable with Pega and Raha, but also with a special feature guest who has been on this program a few times before. Musician, media man, producer, Arash Sobhani and his band Kiusk have a brand new album out that is actually a look back at the last year or two and lessons learned and emotions felt. Arash joins me in the Rook studio. We'll play some tracks from his new record as Kiosk embarks on a North American tour in the weeks to come. We'll have a conversation about all that we've just talked about. That is coming up. Hey, Happy New Year. All right. Good to have you with us. This is episode 304. Let's get started. This is Rook. Welcome. Microphone's on in the studio, 2024. C is our regular Rook Roundup specialist and a producer for us here and the former president of the Iranian Students Association at York University, Pega Ganji. Smart Pega, hello. Hello. Happy and New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I know. How dare you? Happy New Year, me. Uh, she's an Iranian-Canadian marketing strategist, a designer, a media observer. Here in the studio is Raha Ru, resonant Raha. Hello. Hi, and if you don't mind, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> so, I mean, did anyone judge you for wishing a Happy New Year uh, or Happy Christmas? Not really, no. No, I can't Just say. me that they yeah, talk for these things? Yeah, I can't things? say that I had anyone say yeah. that, and I was... I was listening to you talk about that and I was like, really? I mean, have we really come to the point where we're, I guess, you know, nitpicking to that extent? But I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. I've seen that happen, actually. I feel like people just hang on to anything that they Mm. can use to hate. But you know this. I mean, it's not nitpicking. People were not allowed to play concerts. No, but I think Almost just over over a year ago, I mean, in the Iranian community. Mm -hmm. And for for some people, you know, there's uh, Palestinian activists who were saying Christmas is canceled. There were demonstrations saying that. How dare you celebrate Christmas? Uh, So, because I got that for Happy Christmas, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the Happy Christmas I can understand because for years we've seen this shift from Happy Christmas to Happy Holidays because we don't want to say just Christmas there's you know Hanukkah and other celebrations and things like that so in order to be inclusive um, it's happy holidays as opposed to happy Christmas yeah. and now with what's happening which I'm, I'm I'm happy Christmas all the way <laughs> I don't care I like my background is not Christian but yeah. who, is, who cares but it's happy Christmas. yeah but it's a good happy- time to buy things for your family when they're on sale this is true that's my <laughs> the joy of Christmas <laughs> but the happy new year I was like okay we're not we're not even celebrating well, the new I'll, year I'll one up it I'll one up it uh oh uh, two days ago was my dear, wonderful mother's mm-hmm. birthday. Yes, oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to her. Exactly, happy birthday Uh-oh. for my mom. And and so I po- now did you, did you know that it was two days ago was also Mother's Day in yeah. Iran, in Iran yes. which apparently changes every year. Like it's on that weird Iranian there calendar where so you never know the fucking. Like, no, no, no. It's which not the Iranian. Any day can yeah. be them. 
It's what? No, there's oh. a, there's a science behind it. Actually. Okay. What's that? So they celebrated on the day that Maryam um, was born. Dochter of Hazrat Ali. Okay. You know. Yeah. And um, because they go with the Arabic calendar, the right. moon calendar, yeah. it shifts 10 days that's every the, year. That's what I meant, the Arabic mm. calendar. Yeah. yeah. So shifts 10 days every year. How yeah. is that? Who can keep track of these things? But anyway. Write it down. Every every year, 10 <laughs> so, days over. So, so I post naively, mm-hmm. the naivete, to post a picture of me and my... Am I, are you not sure it's the 10 days? No, I'm not sure now. Okay. How is many days is it? Uh, Do you know, Parisa? It's, it's actually, I just wanted to mention that Maryam is Muhammad's daughter, Muhammad's not, daughter. not Ali. Really? No. Yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not the Muslim here. <laughs> Pick, I'm, I'm not daughter. either, but I just know. Uh. <laughs> Didn't you yeah. study in Iran? Shouldn't you know this stuff? Listen, I just, as soon as the exams were done, I would just, I don't know, somehow they all... If I'm getting criticized for just saying Happy New Year, imagine what people people are going to come after you for that. So, well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. By way of example, thank you, Parisa. Uh, I just want to correct myself again because... Oh. It's not even Maryam, it's Fatima. Fatima, okay. <laughs> So you made up the name? No. You're like, oh my is there another Maryam? No, oh. there's no, no Maryam. Right. Is there another correction? It's actually, so it's actually Fatima. <laughs> and I love that you and I just sat here going, yeah, I'll guess. Okay. Maryam, I guess. So then so. let me correct myself. It was Fatima. <laughs> there should be like, a, you see, Jesus. it's named after Farzane, <laughs> who was the... The aunt of Hazrat oh Ugi. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, so uh, Fatima mm-hmm. was. Fatima uh, was. I don't. I, I, I hope we're not saying anything heretical. No, I mean, Fatima was I mean, Muhammad's daughter uh-huh. who married Ali. Now I'm correct. Okay. Okay. Married uh-huh. Ali and we, Hazrat Ali and was involved. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now that we've got that out of the way, yeah. you were yeah. saying. Now my story that has nothing to do with any of that. My story is, so I post a picture of my mom and I mm-hmm. on, I don't know, Instagram or Facebook, something, you know. Right. And somebody responds going, I can't, be-, like not even, rec- some, they see me and my mother and mm-hmm. something about my mom and a heart. Right. And they go, I can't believe you're celebrating Happy oh Mother's Day, goodness. the Mother's Day of the regime. Like, Which did you I take even, a minute to read the uh, caption? I didn't even mention Mother's Day, right? And I and it says Happy Birthday to oh my. Oh my God! Yeah, but there you go. We're just ready to attack each other. And who knew are. that Mother's Day in Iran was the regime's Mother's Day? I guess because it's the Arab calendar. Because it's Islamic. It because of Maryam, the yeah. daughter of uh, Hazrat Ali. Fat- <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Fatima, the sister of. Anyway, please uh, don't use for those celebrating me. Mother's Day, <laughs> please. For, uh, for those celebrating please. whatever, happy whatever yeah, you're celebrating. Well, actually, let me say this part: the what I can be sure of mm-hmm. is it was my mother's birthday yes. a couple of days ago, and my mother's the best. Mm-hmm. So, no one can say anything negative about her. Happy birthday! That's for to your sure. Mom. Yes. That thank you. Exactly. How dare you on the Islamic <laughs> Republic's Mother's Day? You say such things. Hey, I didn't even know why they're celebrating it, so I guess it, it, we're, we're, I'm steering. Mariam and Rohab and we're having a okay. So Arash Sobhani mm-hmm. coming up uh, with his brand new uh, Kiosk album. This record is called Kalbusa Abad, uh, which they've translated to Desolateville. Mm-hmm. 
which is a dark title. Very. But it, it is a, a meditation upon how he sees, Arash in particular, the emotions that he says he went through, mm-hmm. both with the do- loss of a, a friend, but then the loss of many others, and, and the loss of the movement to a certain extent is, is the way as the as he sees it mm-hmm. from the exhilaration of the beginning of the uprising oh, yeah. to oh maybe we were wrong this isn't the time to disunity and mm-hmm. he's written an album this is his catharsis and so R.S. Chopani always an interesting guest usually we sometimes we do this by zoom I think he's you know on SNL how they have the person who's been on five times <laughs> I think Arash has to get like a jacket or like a bathrobe or something. I think this is his fifth time. Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, a couple times with Kiyos, with the band. But, right. but, uh, but it's nice to have him coming in the studio. So Arash Sopani coming up, uh, we'll actually do that first. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come to the round table where I'm going to be asking you guys what we learned for 2024. Okay. Other than who Fatima is, which is also <laughs> I, something we've learned. I, I totally yeah, learned that yeah. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I can really truly plead ignorance as I have as to not knowing whether anything of, of this is offensive or not. I mean, I I have no idea if if we're supposed to. Is it okay to make fun of Fatima? I mean, no, Shia, we're not, we're not who is Fatima? I don't. We're, we're not making fun. Yeah. We're making fun of the fact that there was this mix-up here with the <laughs> yes. names and thank you, thank so on. Thank you. Just so no one comes after us. Right. Right. Oh, they will. So, uh, but I think those who will come after us yeah, for not respecting Fatima <laughs> are already not our friends, probably, unfortunately. Um, so, before we get to uh, R.S. Subhani, though, and um, and then our roundtable talking about the new year and, and things to come, uh, there is some news that I, I, mean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this in the category that there usually is sad news coming out of Iran. Uh, in the last couple of days, I guess now that the numbers have been uh, have changed a little, they've gone mm-hmm. down a little bit. But still, the official count is almost 100 people. 84 killed 80, 84 and 284 killed injured in Kermon. In Kermon, yes. Um, so did, we don't. I I don't know if we have a lot to say about mm-hmm. this. Be and the reason we don't have a lot to say about it is, I always feel trepidatious about remarking on anything, especially in the context of. Things that go on in Iran, especially mm-hmm. in the context of things that go on in Iran that the Islamic Republic leaders opine about or have something to say about, because mm-hmm. usually the the story is that usually it's bullshit what they have to say, mm-hmm. and so we we don't know really exactly who's behind this, what happened. I know ISIS Daesh uh, today took responsibility. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I'm not even sure who ISIS is anymore. You know, it's yeah. a, it's really hard to untangle that alone, or if they were really responsible. But but what we can say is that civilians were amongst these people who mm-hmm. were killed. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, we we often hear these sad news come out from inside of Iran, and we're always confused about the validity of what it is that we're hearing. But one thing that I felt this time around is that this whole confusion was actually kind of empowering. And the reason I say that is because we've seen a shift in the vocalization of what Iranians are actually saying about this exact confusion. Mm. There, you know, there's been so many reports, um, whether from people who are in Iran and they're just talking to, you know, friends, family, acquaintances around themselves or on Persian Twitter or, you know, here and there on social media, other aspects of social media where any or I don't want to say any, but most Iranians are Mm. saying, you know, it doesn't even matter what the Islamic Republic is saying. It doesn't matter what ISIS is coming out and saying or taking responsibility. We all know 
that there's some level of bullshit. There's some level yeah. of, you know, them trying to make things make things up or make things to their benefit and things yeah. like that. So the fact that you're seeing so many Iranians be vocal about this, I think is actually a really interesting shift and somewhat positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to add to your point, I think people found it really aggravating because no one from IRGC or from uh, from his close family was there. So mm-hmm. everyone's questioning like why you know yeah. this is the, the the anniversary is is very important in our, in our culture and in islam it's really important to go there and to pay your respect to the deceased and why weren't they they there for you know, those who are asking. supporters of the deceased i mean this yeah. the, this is also there's the second layer of filtering this through western media where which is also a disaster because then i hear yeah. sort of american anchors who think they're being progressive by saying you know this person was a hero to the iranian people around the world and it's like oh well not to all the iranian people mm-hmm. be careful you know but how can you explain all of that exactly. i mean there's so much confusion that even iranians don't uh, exactly know what's going on but we do know that this is sort of darkly uh occurring at the uh, almost the exact same time of year mm-hmm. as flight PS752 four years ago. That's we'll right. talk about that later in the show, the commemoration of that coming up in three or four days. Mm-hmm. And you remember the first days after that where there was so much confusion about mm-hmm. what exactly happened, except amongst a lot of people going, what we know is that what we're hearing from the regime is probably not the truth. Exactly. And I think you're right that that is a lot more vocal, mm-hmm. vocally loudly being said now when, whenever something happens, yes, especially absolutely. in the context after the uprising of, of last year. So um, I guess we'll, we'll talk about more about that when we learn more about what's happening, mm-hmm. but, uh, but sad news indeed for uh, certainly when you hear, and, and the, this, you know, news that's coming out that the the people that were killed were not were were particularly not IRGC mm-hmm. were not um, relatives of Soleimani. They were. It was a. It's an interesting, yeah. interesting situation there. Um, so, we are going to get to our roundtable mm-hmm. and talk about. Uh, I'm very curious what you've learned for 2024. This is my way Uh-oh. of phrasing it. <laughs> it's really basically what's your New Year's resolution, but I but. I thought this was a better way to to put it, and also um, what you believe uh, the Iranian community mm-hmm. has should have learned over the last uh, year or two, and and take forward in the twenty 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 four, and that that can be cultural, social. Uh, uh, a new vegan form of fesenjun is what you've learned. <laughs> it doesn't have to be political, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, R.S. Shilpani coming up first. Yes. All right, so we'll see you guys in a little bit. Let him come in the studio. We are coming to you on rookmedia.com. It is there that you can link to all of our platforms. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. If you want to see some visuals with Rook, switch over to YouTube right now. And if you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in English and in Persian, you can find them on Telegram. And by the way, you can support what we do. It's a new year. You're feeling generous. You want to help your favorite podcast or your somewhere in the top 100 of your favorite podcasts, uh, Rook. You go to our website, rookmedia.com, R-O-Q-E, media.com, and just press the support us button. It takes you to the page where you can become a Rook member and um, join our, our Patreon page, which is uh, a, a little subscription every month, a few dollars uh, that go to us. You get some extra benefits, uh, an extra content, and you help support Rook, uh, Rook's existence. 
rookmedia.com go to the support us button there thank you so much those of you who are rook members on our patreon page all right our featured guest today our returning champion is an iranian american musician tv host producer best known as the lead singer and guitarist of the persian rock band kiosk Kiyosk have a bunch of tour dates coming up, including Vancouver, L.A., San Francisco, Montreal, D.C., Toronto, all this month. That is all in January. Uh, Arash and the band have just released a brand new album. Take a listen to this. taste of a brand new track called Dado Valkon. It's actually the lead-off song from the brand new Kiyusk album titled Kabus Abad or Desolateville. The songs are from the creative soul and talent of Arash Sobhani. Arash is not only a songwriter and musician, but is of course recognized for his tireless activism with respect to the Islamic regime of Iran. He also was the host of the popular satirical news program on 10 and on on VOA Persian and served as the producer of Persia's Got Talent, amongst other things, and right now. Arash Sobhani joins me in the Rook studio. Hello, sir. Hello. Good to be back. Nice to have you back on the program. It's interesting, this record I've heard you call this your most personal album since the first Kiyosk album. So you're 11 or 12 albums in now. That's quite a thing to say. It is, and, and and I think I had forgotten the feeling. That's why that's why I was uh, after it was finished. Then I realized, oh, this this did to me what what the first album did to me in terms of venting out all the frustration that was building up inside me, and it was like a big explosion about to happen in my head. And then uh, it just all came down on paper, and we managed to somehow record it. And I felt after that, I felt like so liberated in a way. Yeah, hearing you talk about this record, there's records that you make um, with intent, and then there's records that sort of come out of you. Uh, that that this sounds like it was a catharsis, right? Exactly. It just had had to happen. It's it was something I couldn't stop. <laughs> it. I mean, the album is particularly singable. Like I think there's some really there's great melodies on this record, but it's not a happy record it's mm-hmm. it's there's the disillusionment with the plight of the uprising that began with the killing of Massamini and then there's the tragic loss of a contemporary and a dear friend uh, which this first song has to do with talk to me about Reza Haqiq Najad Reza Haqiqat Najad actually the the song that uh, is dedicated to him is called Didar uh, Nahai which is uh, which was the first song for this album that I wrote. And um, what happened was that I first time I met Reza was in is- Istanbul and it was a rainy night and we met at some cafe in somewhere in Taksim Square and we just started walking. And we really hit it off right then and we became very close friends and we were always in touch. 
and did some you know other projects and when the uprising started you know i really liked his he was a really true journalist in terms of being fair and balanced and but he had his political you know uh, views and everything i called him up you know uh, to talk to him about oh, you know there's there's a hope they, they might be going back and uh, at the same time we were both cheering for the same team soccer team and we were both fan of Estherlol and they were playing in, in a final Didar and Ahoy and and you know we would joke that we one day we'll go back and see one of the games together or he was supposed to come to US or anyway uh, when I found out that it was too late you know when I texted him and said oh, dude uh, I heard you're not doing well and, and he was so realistic to it and said yeah there's nothing and, you know you, you Iranians are like, what can I do for you and it's like there's nothing you can do man uh, it's coming. This is the fall of 22. Uh, yes. So right when the uprising is actually gaining all this momentum right. and exactly. there's hope, you exactly. lose Reza. Yeah. H- how did how did his death impact you? It uh, it was the start of this 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 emotional uh, uh I I would say uh, relationship be- you know between my what was going on inside me and what was happening outside in in, in Iran. And Reza was the, the the beginning of this this album in terms of I was really hopeful and and this tragedy happened and it was kind of like you can't really be happy about it because all at the same time you're seeing all these people getting you know shot at or right, you know, arrested right. but you you still see the light at the end of the tunnel you feel like okay we're very close and and in the in the or song you think you do uh, yes yeah, exactly yeah. now we know <laughs> now we know and then I thought you know in, in the lyrics I say you know I'm happy one one eye I'm crying the other one. I'm worried that you know I'm going to lose you and you're not going to be there when we get there because I was so sure we're going to get there. So you're not going to be there when for the final uh you know uh meeting which was the you know in window with the with the game the final game that was going mm. on and and mm. uh, and uh well the game happened but the, but the other thing didn't. So uh, does his death become a metaphor? At that time no. At that time was very very it was very uh, it made me very sad because I felt like okay we are going to see this you know that day a lot of us were living to see that day yeah. and he's not going to be there but eventually when I came to terms that no I mean, maybe you won't see that day either then then it was a different story I think D- desolateville the I mean the English translation of Kabbos Abad it, it it's quite a title I mean it's uh, <laughs> you know I I, I feel like. It could have been the title of of a kiosk record any time in the last forty five years. Uh, wh- why does it feel resonant now? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you're you're partly it's a meditation on Iran, right? When you say desolateville. True. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think uh, at this at this juncture where we are right now, it felt like uh, I felt like we are, we are at a crossroad, and uh, no matter which way we go, it's not going to go get to anywhere. And I felt like we have come, we've put ourselves in a position that it doesn't matter which way we go, how fast we go, or who's going to lead the way. It's just not going to take us anywhere because we, we've, there's something essential missing here. And uh, we've been fooling ourselves for so long to avoid coming to terms with what's happening, what has been happening for the last 50 years maybe. And that kind of, you know, I, I couldn't let it go. It just stuck with me ever since. But you start writing this record in the fall of 22, right? Yes. So I'm imagining it wasn't called Desolateville no. when you started the record. No, but but the, the track that you just played, that was the second song that I wrote for, the th- for, this, for this album, and I wrote that in January. And I think back then, a lot of people were still hopeful. And uh, I think back in January, a lot of people were still thinking that we, we are gonna get there. 
but by then I, I had realized that no it's it's you're not gonna get there so when you talk about the therapy of this record for you the catharsis we talk about um, the catharsis is not only coming to terms with the death of your friend Reza and, and many others who who as we know died in this period but um, but your own disillusionment or your own realization that your hopes are not going to be met that's true um, I remember uh, I remember there was a I think an interview with Shapur Bakhtiar when he he's, he said that when I when when I he got the news that the army has you know basically surrendered and so he's basically he's not he's not going to be the prime minister anymore so he said I walked out of my office and I felt Damovan was lifted from my shoulders mm-hmm. and obviously he was a patriot obviously he was worried about the country obviously he was worried about what's going to come next but he I think he felt liberated because he 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 also were, uh, he was also under a lot of pressure that he didn't um, uh, he was not expecting and he was not responsible for that feeling is different than what I'm saying but it was the same kind of liberation feeling the feeling of, of I feel like this had to come out of my chest mm. I'm still worried I'm still you know I still think about it I still I don't think okay I'm, I'm what done. had to come out of your chest um, all the pain that we had to witness all this um, I don't want to say betrayal mm-hmm. but all this mismanagement all the things that were wrong that we did every single not every single person but every mm-hmm. single uh, political group who could have been m- much more smarter much more um, prudent in, in you know thinking about the country and the people and uh, I think that was that, that was the feeling. I want to. I mean, I'm going to get to some of that of, wha- of wha- where you think or how you think things came undone, um, if you will, in terms of at least this uprising. But just, I mean, if I can reflect on it, because I think you came on the show in in early up in the in the uprising, and 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 you were certainly uh, positive or or um, hopeful. Um, do you, do you feel, you know, you're a guy who's lived for quite a while. You've been at the front lines in terms of some activism over over a few years. You've you've um, met a lot of the players in this. You've worked on TV and radio, and you've written songs, political songs. I'm not suggesting that you were the only one who did who was hopeful. There was a you know, I mean, this you're 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 you've got quite a crowd around you, including me. You know, th- those of us in the in that moment where we were saying things like, "There's no going back. This is it," et cetera. But do you feel a bit, um, um, if I can just put it uh, coarsely, do you feel a bit dumb? I mean, that that if the who said we won't get fooled again, that we kind of got fooled again. Yeah, I think I uh, yeah we were. Um I think we simplified everything too, way too much, and I think we were naive in in, in believing that uh, it's going to be this simple. And and we thought, you know, it's a big cel. We started celebrating before, you know, the the final whistle, basically, and and that really distracted everybody. And a lot of people who were not supposed to be there at that time, you know, you just think like everybody's happy. Let's uh, let everybody be, you know, part of this. But they came in and they took control and they just destroyed it. I remember I was in Istanbul, and you and I, uh, I remember having a phone call with you. You were back in, you were, it was like in November of 2022. And you you were saying, I'm starting to get worried. Even at that point, 
Um, do, do you remember when the moment was when you went from euphoria, yay, the revolution is coming to uh-oh? I think it was in November, yeah. I think it was in, in November. There, there were a couple of incidents that happened that I, I don't think it's, it's necessary to, to you know, go over it now in, in, this, in this program. But there were a couple of incidents that happened that I realized that a lot of people were actually uh, coming in very calculated. They were not just changing positions because they thought, oh, now I see, so I need to be supporting the people. No, it was calculated what they did to come and uh, kind of veer it off the, you know, the track it was going, you know, to take it in a different direction. So there a lot of players came in that, mm, you know, shady characters, characters with a background that was not very uh, positive and they became main players all of a sudden. And then next thing you know, they're the gatekeepers. And then the next thing you know, uh, the end is inside. I, I actually don't entirely know what you're talking about. Are you talking about op the opposition leaders? Not the leaders, uh, a lot of people, people who around came them? In, yes, people who came in uh, later in the game and kind of became the facilitators of a lot of things. You have a song on this record called Off Dog Padast, mm -hmm. which translates to chameleon. Yes and you're in the lyrics we're going to play a little bit of it but you're talking about fake people who change who presumably change their opinions or or, or change their 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 outer coding to satisfy the moment is is that partly kind of what you're talking about in terms of exactly exactly that's 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 it people who you know it's one thing that you realize something and you change your position you, you're you're entitled to change your position you're entitled to have new you know ideology or whatever uh, and it's a great thing, you know, we all have to change and improve, and, and it's a great thing that we all came together at that moment. But the intentions, and I'm, and I'm you know, I've always been trying to, to not think about intention, what people are, you know, why they're doing things, you know, don't think about their intentions, but then you realize, no, there is an, there is an evil intention in a lot, of, a lot of these people who are turning. Let's play a little bit of, this is from the brand new Kiosk record. This is Off Top Harassed. There you go, from the new Kiosk record, Zazletville. That's the song off the Pat Aston here with Arash Sopani. Do you, do you remember the moment you wanted to write that song? Uh, this particular song, I think I do remember. Uh, I was uh, uh, actually, I had a performance in Sweden and uh, these words were just, you know, kind of floating in my brain <laughs> here and there and the, the melody was there kind of, you know, very vaguely and then I just sat down and, and one day in a hotel and started playing with my guitar and then just poured out 
So yeah, I do remember. What, so was there a person or an incident or anything in particular that led to this? Uh, you, you don't have to name names if you no, don't want to, but yeah. No, not one. I think you know in, when I go back and read the verses, there there are verses that I know who I'm talking to. There are verses that I'm talking to myself even. You know, I'm being a hypocrite, and and there are verses that are it's just too general. But it was you know probably one dialogue with somebody you know initiated this. When were you a hypocrite? Um, ex- we just talked about it, you know, being so naive and being, uh, and trying to. Well, that doesn't make you a hypocrite. That makes no, you naive. No, that makes me naive. But I think with that naivete came uh, a, f- a moment that I tried to look away and even justify certain things for people who came and asked me, like, oh, okay, what do you think about this then? You're saying we should do it this way. No, what do you think about that? And then I would say, no, well, you know, I would try to. Uh, as we say in Farsi, Masmali, and and because I thought, okay, this it's too, too little details shouldn't get in the way. Yeah, know? and then and then you realize no, yeah, they matter. I I feel like it's a if it's a tough conversation to have. It comes up once in a while on on this program, and I want to do a panel on it. But I, I, you know, Iranians do a lot of lying to each other. It's kind of endemic. It's kind of some of it's taught off. Some of it is qabel nadara in the cab, you know. And but um, but that that kind of feeds a fakeness, right? It's like we're, we're, when we have to almost culturally put masks on, you know. Uh, and uh, even what you're saying, you were you were in a, in a moment when we really need to be real with each other. You're kind of. Uh, Taroffing or, or or having trouble fooling yourself, yeah, maybe. Fooling, you know, f- yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, one of the, this this actually t- uh, kind of uh, brings up another deeper discussion, which is the trust issue that we don't have as a society. What is a society if nobody trusts the other person? I mean, every time I come to Toronto, I see so many Iranians. And you you go to the grocery store, you go to a Cholokabi or whatever, and you feel like everybody's looking at each other's like, oh, this guy's Iranian. <laughs> you know, we we're the only probably uh, the minority that we if you see each other in a, in a in a mall, we just look away. We don't want to say hi. But but I don't think any other mi- minority is, is like this. Hmm. And I think the trust issue has been fundamentally fundamentally, and and I think purposefully by Islamic Republic being uh, targeted. And that's why you, you don't see a dialogue between the political figures. I mean, you're a politician. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. You're a diplomat. You yeah. should be able to talk. Well, a, a lot of the so-called uh, the opposition leaders would say that they're, they're not politicians. So yeah. that's, that's <laughs> they another, don't have that responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going back to what you were talking about in terms of people who came in with an agenda. Um uh, and I've heard this a lot. You hear you, you and, and we can name the names of. I mean, it's been said that it's not Hamid. It was the people around Hamid. It's not Reza Pahlavi, but monarchist fans that were pushed too hard. Or it's not Massey, but the people who blindly follow her. How would we have navigated? Like if you if you could go back and go, oh man, these people came in with agendas. How would you have? I don't know. Uh, put the brakes on that somehow at least for the diaspora to remain more cohesive and united to help what was going on in, inside Iran. I think, I think that the issue is more fundamental than this. Uh, and in one of the songs in, in the album, actually, it, it's, it's about this very issue. And, and we're actually going to release a music video on, on the, for that song. Uh, the, the, I think the issue is that we as citizens, as individuals, 
we never ever wanted to to accept our responsibility as individuals and the freedom uh, especially outside Iran that you 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 enjoy it comes with responsibility and and that's that's it's a lot of work and we always you know we, we think we were used to finding a figure and and kind of like you know uh, gathering around him or her and trying to you know make a leader and then it's not our responsibility anymore he or she has to lead and if they fail oh you know another failure mm. so we'll find another person but it's us as a nation as people as individuals we have to come together we have to realize it's for all of us every single one of us and so the person who says i left iran i'm a dentist here now in calgary canada fuck i don't want fucking responsibility i don't it's not my responsibility what happens with that regime back in iran what do you say I mean that's his personal choice. You can't or force hers. people. Yeah, you, hers. Yeah, you can't, you can't you can't force people to care. But we're talking about people who actually uh, were involved, right? And but and but, it, but this is, I find this to be part of the problem is mm-hmm. that the reason the uprising was as great as it was was that it wasn't just the regular activists. It was a whole bunch of Iranians yeah. who joined going, this is, you know, I, I might be a, a quiet, you know, dentist in my, uh, who hasn't spoken out for years, but now I'm gonna come and, and demonstrate. And I feel like it's those people that became disillusioned first because they're not, you know, professional activists necessarily, but also can be forgiven because They've got lives, they've got kids, they've got economic trouble, they've got whatever, and so we can't expect them to be there every Wednesday and Saturday at the demonstration. That's true. But, but where their responsibility lies, you know, is an interesting, I mean, the, even the word of responsibility, what, what can we expect of, of people who go, well, I try, you know, I came to a few demonstrations and, you know, well, first Nothing of all, yet. we couldn't get it together and then people were yelling at each other on Instagram and the regime is killing people. So what am I supposed to do? Right. I think, well, you, you can't really solve that problem with, within one, one or two generations. I think it needs a lot of educating, but, but it comes back to the figures, you know, those people who were given this, you know, um, I don't know if you should call it a mandate or whatever. They they knew that uh, they should go back to whoever is their followers and tell them you have responsibilities too, and you shouldn't do certain things and you should do certain things, and this is not the way to you know to to engage. And I think that was one of the problems because all these figures they kind of just turned their back towards each other and then they just kind of took a you know piece of this whatever was happening as a narrative and they took it. To, to among their fans and it just became an isolated you mm. know uh, i mean part of arash part of the the debate around that is how much um <laughs> of the future of iran or the or the program or the plan should be hatched outside of iran before the regime even falls mm-hmm. because you don't want 1979 where there's a you know there's a revolution okay we got rid of the guy and and now what now there's space there's oxygen for one group and this, in that case the mullahs to co-opt and take over etc but at the same time it seemed crazy at the time of that man sure that it's like well sorry the plan now is to for a bunch of people on the outside who aren't elected to to make the plan for what's going on and going to be happening in Iran for the next 5 years so so where where is that line because that's part of what the I mean, if you think back to what why were people yelling at each other right and why were the followers of this guy against the followers of this woman and what it's they were jockeying for what the future of Iran should be um which seems insane because that's not even there's still a regime there that has to but on the other hand 
the argument was being made, well, we have to be ready for what the next step is because we don't agree with each other. That's very true. I think, uh, uh, again, a lot of people started celebrating before the, the final whistle at the same time. I think it was very simple at the beginning. Uh, because the activists in Iran were put under so much pressure, they were mostly arrested, even the, even the soccer players, the, the, the movie stars, the, anybody who had any influence was arrested or, you know, were, you know, uh, were not allowed to do anything. Right, suppressed, so, yeah. Yeah, suppressed. So, so outside Iran had a lot of more, you know, uh, leverage to do stuff and uh, we had to do something. So, uh, but we were not allowed to start thinking about, you know, the system after the, we were, I think it was very simple. Okay, go try to overthrow the regime and then have a referendum or, you know, election or what have you and then let people decide. Give the power to people and then teach them to take that responsibility and hopefully in a generation or two we will have a democratic system that's sustainable and it's not uh, hanging on one political party or one political figure. But that didn't happen before, you know, they started to, um, you're going to be the minister of this. You're going to be, I mean, in their, you know, uh, in, in their, their mind. In their, in their yeah. mind, yeah. Well, well, in some cases it was almost spoken. Yes. But yeah. Yes. And, and, and you think that was a problem? That was a problem because those, I mean, the 85 million people inside the country, they have Did you to express that? To, I mean, you have the ear of some of these people, I presume. I mean, you were, you know, you're, you're a well-known guy. You, you're, you interviewed some of these people for VOA, whatever. I mean, you, did you express this at the time? I think I tried. I think I tried. Maybe I maybe one of the things that I feel bad about myself. Maybe I didn't try hard enough because I thought there were other people who would come. You know, I, I would see things that going wrong, and I felt like okay, somebody's going to say something, and maybe I'm maybe I should be quiet for now. And then you realize, oh, this had already happened. Okay, next thing, and then next thing, and then you at some point you give up or something like that. I don't know. Maybe sometimes I feel like I should have been more persistent on some of the things that I had to say. And sometimes I think like, uh, but it was so obvious. Uh, they should have known. Do you feel like you've politically changed? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I think you have. Yeah. Reading your tweets or listening to you. And I, I got to say, I appreciate that about you, that you weren't afraid to change your opinion or shift your allegiances or approach sometimes. That's not something that that's necessarily valued in our diaspora, you know? Uh, I, I mean, people who famously now over the last year if you were part of Nyack in the past you know you, you or or if you're a regime sympathizer or whatever um and people expect people to um have had a certain virtue that goes back for many years and to stick to who who they are and the politics that they have i understand that in the sense that we want consistency um, but on the other hand, we can be un unforgiving of people thinking and and wanting to shift in their opinion because based on what they're seeing. Uh, I think it's fascinating that a guy who, you probably know this, but by some people you're known as a very political, rigid guy who's over here. And, you know, For you to feel the liberty to change is, is quite remarkable. Talk to me about that. Thank you. I think, uh, well, you know, I, I, I think there's... Two, two ways of looking at it. It's one is evolving. You're learning. You're trying to, you know, learn and be better and, you know, try to, to maybe make up for your mistakes or what have you. But that's, 
but there's another way to look at it is like you shifting because now it's your benefit is here now your benefit is you know you're changing and i think this has happened in iranian society so many times that when somebody changes their position s- slightly they everybody's oh okay they start looking for the intention where is he getting money from where is he right. who's his friend who's that who's he talking to back to the lack uh, of trust exactly so i think that's the two different things and and and, and to my defense every time that i kind of changed or or politically was expressive i was always in the um it was not to my benefit at least uh, i don't know how else to put it but I, I was always you know in the minority i was always in the you know whenever i changed or or say, uh, not not necessarily changing my position mm-hmm. but even expressing my position it was never in favor of you know uh, gaining anything uh, if it wasn't the other way around well you i feel like you yeah you end up first of all there's there's little little value it feels like i mean it I, it's a shame and and it's not just amongst iranians but there's little value for nuanced positions anymore some somewhere in the middle as somebody who always tries to see things with nuance i realized that if i was a hardcore leftist or if i was only in with the monarchists or something i I would have a constituency. I would have a. I would have friends. I would have this group that I always know has my back. When you, when our Shabhani moves positions, you're gonna lose the constituency that you, the hardcore one that you had, yes. and the new ones are gonna go. Well, he hasn't been with us this whole time, so should we trust him? And what's his agenda? Yeah, and and and, and there's a lot of groups who try and take advantage of that. Okay, so okay, these guys are gonna disown you now, so you better come to us because you're gonna need somebody. to protect you or to come you know to be your fan or to listen to your music or what have you so that's when you probably would start to to uh, overdo it <laughs> in a way um in in expressing your new positions but uh the other thing that i uh, feel um is important f- to realize is that this trust issue is a huge huge problem and if you don't find a way to to overcome that i'm really not hopeful that anything would change in t- 10 15 years for better and i think it has to come from above i think it has to come from figures that pe- people trust them those guys you know those uh, those those uh, i don't know celebrities maybe not not a good word but if those political figures social you know whoever has an impact start to talk to each other and 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 uh, acknowledge that we're different your view on this particular issue is different than mine mm. and i respect that you're entitled to have that view and, and i have a different view but we need we can talk to each other that i- unless they st- don't start doing that i think we'll just start to to move away from each other and it's going to be much more difficult m- much more chaotic the next time people come on the street and um would you agree that we have to start we, we should not be attacking each other I, th- i think that's a very good start because i think that, that you know b- we can criticize each other but to to you know just to, uh, to uh, character assassinate each other to try to to cancel each other that's i think well, so when you write a post saying this guy who funded uh, Farah Pahlavi and and uh, f- did a big special with her and and whatever this guy is a fake this guy's a, i've been saying this for years where does that fit in with attacking or not attacking i don't think that that was a guy i wanted to have a dialogue with i think those it's a, it's it has to be constructive dialogue We don't want to just have a dialogue for the sake of dialogue. I don't. I don't think you're going to go to have a dialogue with the Islamic Republic, because you know they're they're, they're not interested to, mm. uh, of the, uh, to the. Uh, they're not interested in the outcome of the dialogue if they engage. They're never going to engage. But even if they do, they would just want to engage in the dialogue just to be part of it. 
but not to not to necessarily appreciate what I, you know to agree with you in the outcome. But just to play it play it out, I mean, I don't necessarily have a stake in it, but uh, but but why call that guy out that way? I mean, why what 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 is the purpose of that? Uh, what 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 why is that important for you to uh, to tweet about? It's not about him. It's about uh, what uh, what uh, the Queen stands for and that brand, which was important for all of us, for a lot of people. And she was an icon. She was the cultural icon. She still is of Iranians and respected and, and she was respected among you know vast yeah uh, she's probably the most universally trust, respected person we have exactly yeah. and I think she was taken advantage of I'm, I'm sorry to say this on um, on a program but yeah I think this this whole thing damaged the brand uh, very much you've said you worry about the poison atmosphere of Persian Twitter or X now um, which I think is a legitimate concern for a worry, especially with the U.S. presidential election coming up this this year. We're into 2024 now. What do you most worry about? Uh, I think there's a f fraction of the, these activists or, or those people who are active in Twitter or, you know, are affiliated with some political groups that uh, they look up to Trump. And, uh, and they did that before. The first time he was running, they they really liked his approach on Twitter, you yep. know, just attacking anyone and just saying whatever, you know, just being outrageous and saying things that people say, wow. And I know a lot of people are going to say, okay, you wrote a letter to Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. I did letter. I, I wrote a letter to Trump. I wrote a letter to Lottie Johnny. I think I wrote a letter to some other asshole at some point too, but it, it wasn't voting for them. And uh, uh, so anyway, I think that, that attitude uh, will, they will take it to extreme and they will start attacking other p opposition figures that they don't get along with, and it's just going to, you know, this this divide is going to be deeper and deeper. You worry the, about the Trump supporters more than the the, the other side? I mean, I... Yeah. Oh. Because I think... Because I find, I find that the, the, the Persian-American left is also quite intolerant of the, of, uh, the at least the far left, of... of um, anyone who doesn't agree with them, too. I, I, yeah, well, the far left in... Uh, any country, I think they're as re unreasonable as the far right. I think far left and far right, they kind of complement each other. They meet at some point. Uh, but uh, but in this case, he set an example mm. which was unprecedented, in, I think, in, in, in political um, interaction between figures and, and yeah. parties. And then Iranians took it to extreme, as they always, they always do, you know. And um, It's funny because there was a... I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, or the the last, I guess it would be almost four years ago now, but the last presidential election and and um, talking about on this program about, uh, I mean, people in California who um, wouldn't look at each other when they walk around and see each other in the street or whatever, Iranians, because that guy's a Biden supporter or she's pro-Trump or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that being an issue and, and someone like Homos Arshar saying, I've never seen this kind of division before. And then we had this, it's so funny the journey that we've been through over the last fifteen months, you know, or, or, or twenty months. You 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 couldn't really. You'd have to take quite a while to explain this to a non-Iranian, and yet we've all we all know exactly what we're talking about. There was this moment of unity where um, those polarized audiences come together, and uh, they're all on the street in L.A. We think. Yeah. 80,000 of them uh, and Reza Pahlavi comes and everybody's cheering and 
and then now I I almost feel like now we're more divided than ever. You are. I, I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, every time I, I've, I sort of question someone and go, well, you know, uh, not someone, but people who are observing this stuff and people who had real, were really staked in the uprising, you know, and I say, well, you know, where have we landed here? They go, no, 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 the goalposts have moved, things have changed, you know, look at Iran, there's women who will go out without hijab, like, they, you, you gotta appreciate these, these are steps. I, I'm really not so sure about that. I, f- I feel like, I, I don't want to say that whole uprising did more damage than, than than not, but I do really feel a level of division now that I'm not sure existed two years ago. I agree with you totally. I think there was a moment uh, in the uprising that, uh, and the Islamic Republic has invested and worked on it you know, for a long time uh, to, to create those divisions. You know, you're from up, uptown or you're from, you know, Pine Shar, uh young, old man, uh, female, male, Kurd, Turk, uh, outside Iran, inside anybody, any label they could put on you, so we can make a division. They did that, and at some point, this all fell in 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 the uprising. You know, there was no division. All the Iranians were united from LA all the way to to Mashhad or Tabriz. You know, there was, and then when the frustration started to build up, yeah. then, then we started to, d- to to go different ways. And sometimes I try to, to tell myself that this is maybe, like you were saying, it's part of the journey. Uh, kind of reminds me of the book uh, uh, Stone Boat, I think it's the translation of Joseph Saramago, uh, the Portuguese uh, novelist, yeah. he has a b- book. It's about the Iberia, uh, the Iberian Peninsula in Spain and Portugal, and it's, it's like a, uh, uh, the metaphor is a boat that's kind of floating, you know, it's sometimes it's, it drifts towards Africa and sometimes mm. toward, it drifts towards South America. And, and and I feel like, okay, at some point it's going to, you know, duck somewhere at some harbor and it's going to be there. And I feel like we are still in that journey maybe. We're still trying to, because, you know, we all have grown in the last year. We all have changed yeah. a lot. And maybe that's part of it. But at the same time, I, I also have that skepticism of, of no, maybe, maybe this wasn't, uh, not that the uprising wasn't good, but maybe... Uh, we have to accept that we were defeated, and accepting that—that's yeah, that's, that's that's something that people are not willing to to accept. I think that, I think that's true. But but I also uh, part of me also thinks, having said what I said about us being divided, I I also do believe that everything that happened in terms of the divisions or the 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 spats on social media to the real serious uh, polarization needed to happen. You know, it's like maybe we need to go through all that to, to the next for the next time or, or, you know, I'm not sure how it how it gets rebuilt. So I, if anybody's listening to this thinking, well, that was a downer of a conversation. I mean, you did just write a record called Desolateville. Yeah. So so in terms of Kabusa Abad, where are you at in, in terms of your your relationship with hope now? Um. That's, I think, a great question. I think that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. And I've been trying to figure it out ever since I came t- to terms with, with the fact that I feel like, okay, we, we lost this one. Okay, now let's start to think about how we can win the next one. And that's hope. The hope is not you know, fooling yourself or having an illusion of, oh no, we're, going to, we're definitely gonna do it this, da, 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 da. You know, these sentimental uh, activism, you know, bullshit. I don't think that's that's what we need. I think we need a real, realistic approach. We need to realize what we did wrong, try to figure it out, and, and not do it again. And to, to your point, the, the, the 
the moment, the shining moment of this whole thing was that we, it was like we were, as a nation, we were dead. And then at some point we realized we still are a nation. We still mm. kind of, you know, yeah. we still feel yeah. there's something else that happening. That was amazing. And yeah. I think as uh, when you see that it's there, uh, it that's the that's where we can build hope on. And hopefully next time we realize, okay, we, we can do it together. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, it's great to have you here. Are you... Uh, excited about um, touring again with the with the boys with the with Kiosk? Yes, yes, because we hadn't played in uh, in the U.S. for a while. You know, it was the pandemic, and before that, I had to move. And, and anyway, yeah, it's been a while since we've been back in the states. So that part, I really am excited about to go and see friends and, and perform. And Canada, don't anyway. make it seem like you're not excited about the Canadian. No, days. We, we've been performing in Canada, <laughs> but in the but in the <laughs> right, like right, last right, year, right, we performed right, in, in right, Toronto. Right. Tor- Toronto is basically our base. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's your home. Yeah. Um, uh, home away from home. Uh, I want to go out on a song called Boz Begu. Uh, tell us about this. Uh, this is the song I was telling you about about us uh, looking for somebody so we can uh, delegate our our responsibilities to you know, and then when they fail, we just blame them, and then that that circle keeps happening again we are always looking for a leader who can figure it out for us and when they're top we don't question them whatever they do and then when the minute that they don't we don't think that they delivered then we they just become our um you know the worst person ever and then next one it's really good to have you here i, I always enjoy talking to you you're, sure. you're an independent thinker i appreciate that and um this is a great record thank you so uh, much I, i'm very much enjoying it uh, I hope people will check it out. The new Kiosk record. From that record, this has been our show, Pani, in, the, in our studio. Thank you again, brother. Thank you here. so much. Thank you. This is the song, Buzz Begu. ما که بالی نداشتی پرواز و به خاطر سپاهی تو گله ماموتا پی پروانه ها میگشتی پشن فروت میگفتی زوار موتور سپاچی از هشمان نتوات میگفتی فرای نابیدامون تو پیچه حساس هنوز مسکن نستاجی واسه فراموشی امروز رد پات رو بود صدای ما رو پایین نشنی تو از بالا میگفتی بگو چه خوب میگفتی There you go, a little taste of the song, Boz Begu, from the new Kiosk album. The new Kiosk, <laughs> as I would say it in English. <laughs> Record back here with Pega and Raha. Arash has left the studio. What a great song. It's a good song. The new record is called Kabus, Kabus, Kabus Abad. Abad. <laughs> like 
And I was saying Kalbuse Abad. Yeah, it's Kalbuse You were telling me, do you think I said that through the whole interview? Yeah. And Arash was so sweet. He was sitting here and didn't say yeah, anything. didn't say anything. Didn't correct me and say, you, no. fuck, that's not the way to say my <laughs> album name. So what do I say? Kal, kal, you, you say like Kalbuse Abad. It's I thought, don't you Kalbuse. join words together? You should join Gianna them together. Yeah, but that's different. It's very different. <laughs> Can you come into the microphone a little bit? Oh, here we go. Jesus, with, with you on the mic. Yeah. You are Gianne Romeshi. Uh-huh. That's not I'm Kabusa not But don't you say Kabusa Bidari? That's a very different way of putting two words together. <laughs> well, why is it not Kabusa Abad? Farsi 101. Yeah. Okay. If I'm gonna, are I'm you gonna, gonna talk about Maria? I shouldn't uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm not gonna explain. This. Maybe <laughs> this Kabe probably knows, right? Kabe. If it, it's, yeah. Why is it not? He's in the st- in the. Uh, when you say with, uh, with uh, yes. When you say Kabusabad, it's like turn on. Uh, when you say Kabusabad, it's like you are referring to a place. But when you say Kabusabad, it's like you are describing, you know, the night, the, the nightmare. There we go. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Kabus Abad is a place. Kabus Abad is describing the name. I like how we're doing this for nobody except me, <laughs> because anybody who's listening you know, knows how to say these things usually, or you know gave up a long time ago. On uh, okay, thank you, Kave June, and Super P, and you guys. Kabus Abad, the new mm-hmm. record. Kabus Abad, good job from uh, Kios. Thank you, Ara. She was just in here. So um, you guys were sitting on the other side of the glass. Mm-hmm. You were listening to the interview. Uh, I always enjoy having him here because um, I thought that was a rook conversation. Yeah. And as I said in the in the interview to him, I I appreciate. I don't know if I always agree with everything Arash says, but I appreciate that he is willing to change his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a a thinking human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would think that's that we everybody would aspire for. to, but yeah, but but that's not the way it works these days. Everybody sort of picks their opinion and sits in a silo and so it's refreshing to hear somebody kind of even like I say I don't even necessarily agree with some of the directions he he was in or goes into but but he but he's constantly kind of assessing mm-hmm. uh, and that that's cool yeah that was a really big takeaway that I had from your conversation with him was that I was surprised at how often I was nodding my head along with the things he was saying you know, talking about... And why does that surprise you? Well, because again, you know, especially within the last year and a bit, I think so many Iranians have had such differing views. And yet hearing you two speak and talk about so many of the mistakes that maybe we have all made in the last year and a bit or things mm. we've noticed, there was so much that I was kind of finding myself saying, yeah, you know, I really agree with that. The mm. celebrating too early, the being naive about things, the, you know, disunity and the mistrust, like all of those things I was sitting there. Yeah, I agree. You know, mm. those are definitely things that yeah. are in everyone's mind, I think right now. Yeah. It was not a Kabusa Abad for you. <laughs> no, it was yeah. not. Nor a Kabusa Abad. I don't know. I was trying to work in the... Um, so you... you uh, and that, that your takeaway was that you agree with our Sobhani. Yeah, there was a lot I, I definitely and me. agree with. I guess we were both yeah. saying that. And, and actually, there was a part that you were saying, you know, there's little value for nuance. You specifically ah, mentioned that. That's my and hobby a, horse. I always a, say, yeah. Yeah, and a portion of your conversation with him. And, and I know that's something we've talked about a lot over the last, gosh, I want to say like 100 or so. Yeah, the only oxygen anything. in media, especially social media, mm-hmm. is to be in one of the extremes. Yeah, you have no one, one wants a, a nuanced perspective, a balanced kind of opinion. That's yeah. right. 
right. It's like you pick a side and you defend it with all you've yeah. got and you are so And then you're against, a hero yeah. to some group. You're, yeah. you're a hero to some group and you are the enemy of the other group. It's yeah. very black and white. It's very, you know, I've chosen no, my side. No, you're the enemy. A bit, yes, but, but in taking a nuanced position, you're the enemy of both groups. Of everyone, yeah. exactly. Because I mean, try taking a nuanced position yeah. on the Middle East right now, on, on Israel-Palestine. Oh, both groups will tell you to yeah. fuck off. Uh, be, oh, you know, who are you? Yeah. You know, you don't understand the Palestinian struggle. You don't understand Israel. Like, it's like a, both of them will hate you for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's where I am. Right in the middle. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it in the like middle. Everything. <laughs> that's where I am. Hate it. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what, you were also listening to the RH interview. Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I really like his album, mm. and I and I really enjoyed um, him being really honest about how he got to write these songs and how mm-hmm. it it all came about. Because I think that's very important to know where an album or a song or, or piece of art comes from. Yeah. Um, but also, and by the way, it goes without saying. I mean, it's sort of in the indie rock genre or whatever. You know, that it's it's part and parcel of it. But no one writes this particular record to make millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, he's no. not sitting there going, what are the kids going to like? You know, <laughs> can I make this sound like Taylor Swift? <laughs> like it's, it's just kind of, yeah. it's coming from his heart. Yeah. And, it's yeah. very honest, yeah. I think. Um, and I, um, I think it's very noble of him to um, point out the things that he maybe believed in that were wrong and to say like, you know, I've changed and I'm proud of it. And I think that's something that we should all aspire to. No. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, that's a good segue. Did you have anything more to say about I was just going to say I was also I almost like caught my breath when he said we should accept that we were defeated. Yeah. You know, I like That's I'm not sure I totally agree with that. I don't know if I totally he's, agree with he's that. He's he's definitely gone in that. It's yeah. it's you know, it's it's over. Yeah. I I don't know if I agree with that either, but even hearing someone say that out loud and Iranian not just say that someone, out loud but right someone now, who exactly, is that involved and who right is that passionate about it for him to say mm-hmm. yeah it's got it's done but yeah. i understand his point he was like this time around because he was like we need to learn for the future that's but the that's the caveat around, that's what some people you know. say that was uh, the corollary some people go oh yeah well no but 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 to declare defeat the defeat yeah. is is that's a that's next level exactly. and not everybody has done that yet I would everybody kind of goes no it's still in the hearts of the people we're just mm-hmm. waiting for the right moment you know that, that I would say we've been de- defeated in that battle not in the, the entire war yes mm-hmm. okay. well, I, so, thank you yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> that's we all agree with that but but even even to declare the defeat yes. is not something that not that it's not something you hear many people and many people in a position well, they, similar they, to his. Listen, say. Uh, all of us, the three of us, and Arash would have been on demonstrations this time last year. Yes. And what were we saying? We weren't just saying Masa Amini. We weren't just saying women life freedom. We were we were saying uh, no solution, uh, one solution revolution, right. and we were saying and uh, and our our whole theme was this. The, the, this is the, this is the, uh, this is it. No, what did we say? We, we there was an actual thing we said though. Yeah, this is it was the point, but it was like uh, um, there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. There's no turning back. Uh, apparently, there's turning back. There's turning back. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. Um, well, which part? You don't agree that that things have definitely slowed down in comparison to a year and a bit ago. Slowed down, yes, but I don't think we we are back to where we were. No, see. That's the 
see, I don't even. That's that's the, that's where everything's at right now. Mm-hmm. Where you, where you go, where you preach. Oh no, look, women can get, go around not wearing shador, and men and boys and no, girls can worse. hold Actually, their hand and stuff. I think it's worse. Oh, you think it's worse? That's I think it's worse. That's oh, what so I was we're going not back. Oh, so we're so not back where we were. This so there is, is worse. turning back. I I wouldn't say I think when we say no turning back, it means we we've pushed things forward. We. I mean, the people of Iran yeah. that we were trying to support have pushed things to a point where they cannot be rolled back. And and you're saying they've been rolled back to worse than, I mean, worse than before Mass Yeah, to worse than before so, wow. Mass Amini. That's, that's yeah. defeat. Well, I, this is that's what I was going to say. The, the reason why this stood out to me so much is because my friend just came back from Iran, I think yesterday or two days ago, something like that. And I asked her, you know, I, I, we barely spent any time together, but just on a quick phone call, I said, oh, how was it? You know, how are things? And, and because she knows where my interests lie, mm-hmm. she's like, let me tell you something. The whole girls not wearing a hijab and things like that, it is only in certain restaurants because the fear is so prevalent. She was saying that, you know, in shopping malls and things like that, those videos prevalent. that you see... What did I say? Prevalent. 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 My it's apologies. Okay, yeah. um, Call Busse yeah. <laughs> This is the best day for me because usually it's me making the English mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Now okay. it's you guys. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. I didn't yeah. mean to stop you. Go ahead. No, yeah. that's okay. But, but she was saying, you know, we see these videos on Instagram and social media and things yeah. like that of these young women not wearing a hijab in shopping malls. She was saying, yes, you do see it here and there. But the reality is that every single one of those girls knows that at any point someone can turn a corner, take know, a photo this of is, them. This is the other thing that I, I don't know who to believe. Not to take anything away from your friend, yeah. but I mean, depending on who, who's just come back from Iran, mm-hmm. they give you different reports, right? But the, everybody's but depressed. The everyone's but okay. It's not they just come. hijab. People have no money. They can't eat. Like yeah, those are facts. I mean, so you can't even deny y- yeah, that. Yeah, these. This is something that you you would hear from every well, single some people person. have money. Come, some people. There's, there's still people going to glamorous cafes and yeah, but luxury malls. Right, right. But, but there is no middle class anymore in Iran. You hmm. see, there's a lot more poverty. There's a lot, many le- like less jobs than than ever. So things have definitely gone worse. But isn't that a step forward? Because the, the worse oppre- things the, get, the, yeah, exactly. The worse things get, the more people are going to get angry mm, and no. united. I think. No. Uh, yes, that's a you. I mean, that's logical. But the point that was the whole point of, you know, people are fed up. This time is the time. All of that, and now it's rolled back to. Uh, a, 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 a severe barbaric police state mm-hmm. uh, that now has stronger ties with other countries in the region and with China and Russia and has doubled down on you know the people that are all arrested and drove crazy and, and solitary. I mean it's you, you can paint it lots of ways but that's that's one of them and it's, and it's pretty mm-hmm. that's pretty bad. It's I'm a strong bad. believer and things get worse before they get better. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I think defeat is uh, I think it's too much because I do I do still and even though I said the things at the top of the show I did an intro saying 2022 was this and 2023 was this I do think that just um, the fact that we experienced that global unity that support for being Iranian. I think that's changed the game to a certain extent, at least for us in the diaspora. I do yeah. feel like, I do feel like Iranians are somehow more prominent in the West, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of appearing on media or having things to say or you know integrating into the broader community than before. Maybe I think at the very least we 
did what we set out to do in the sense of raising awareness about what was going on inside of Iran. At yeah. the very least, mm-hmm. we can say, those of us in the diaspora, we did do that. We were loud enough that we had the coverage on some of the media. We were loud enough that there were people in our workplaces asking about it. We were loud enough. And I'm not saying they did it in a correct way. Yeah. It goes back to the nuances. It goes but, back uh, to the fact it, that... Uh, I mean, it's, we're, it's, it's a circular argument because I can come back and go... And yet, you and know, yet. just in the last two months, we've seen a bunch of left-wing, you know, activists who should know better, thinking that the state of Iran is mm-hmm. supportive of the Palestinian people and we should ally with them. But you that's know? what I was saying. I was saying that they're still not aware of the nuances, and that's the problem because they haven't educated themselves enough about the detail of what has been happening. But I think again, I'll I'll, I'll say it again. We did do a good job of showing ourselves and being heard about at least what was actually occurring. Yes. I mean, you you seldom find someone, at least in the city of Toronto, who doesn't know that there was a woman life move, woman life freedom movement. Yes. So and I also, think in that sense. Also, I said something, I think I said it to Arash, but I, um, there is there is a part of me that thinks, even all the, the, the division and balkanization between the opposition leaders and all of that that we talked about in the interview with... Uh, with uh, you know, uh, part of me feels like maybe that was a process that we had to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like anything difficult in life. You have to kind of go through the preliminaries and, and this was inevitable. It had to happen at some point or another. Mm-hmm. So maybe now we know mm-hmm. uh, six people, you know, doing a handshake in a room and declaring a man sure is not going to no. win the revolution, you yeah. know, or something, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um let me ask you the two questions that I I prepared for the round table. <laughs> I worked hard on these questions. Okay. <clears throat> Cuz it's a new year. Yes. Happy, happy new, new year. year. Yeah. Happy new year. <laughs> happy, <laughs> don't, why? Don't why use the word you? happy. Yeah. Just it is new Sad year. Sad new year. Yeah, no, I think we Sad just, new year. I just say it is new year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um first of all, I have a question about the Iranian community and then I have to have a question the personal questions. Okay. Uh, let me start with the Iranian community because mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've been talking about. The question is, what is the biggest lesson for Iranians or the Iranian community mm-hmm. going into 2024? And as I said earlier in the show, we're going to come back to this after Ash Sopani this, in this roundtable, that this question can be defined however you want. Mm-hmm. The biggest takeaway could be we should still support Team Meli or whatever it is, or, or we should you know, um, expand even more kababis, you know, (laughs) into the Western world, whatever it is. But what would you say is the biggest lesson for the Iranian community going into, or or should be a resolution going into 2024? Rahul. Okay. Um, I think um, as a community, we should learn to reflect on ourselves before other people we're usually really quick to judge everyone around us and um, labeling everyone and I feel like um, if we want real change we have to go to the mirror first and Mm. and kind of try to think and and be more flexible and be um, be more absorbent um, towards what other people are saying learn Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I'm going to judge you and say that's the correct answer. Thank you. I don't think there's one correct answer, but I, but that is what I had. Oh. I have, we need to temper our tendencies to judgment. Yes. Uh, and which is just so glaringly obvious to me that we cast people. I mean, the whole world is polarized and everybody's yelling at each other 
uh, it's one big screaming match. But mm-hmm. particularly in the Iranian community, we are single element identifiers. Like you yeah. are, that person is this, and so I, I'm casting them out. I'm canceling them. Yeah, I think and we always question other people before questioning ourselves. Mm. And we should learn to question ourselves first before questioning other people. I didn't agree with that part. I questioned <laughs> myself. But uh, <laughs> the rest of it. I thought, I thought just, just don't judge you. No, I agree with you. I, I, Pega. Um, I think we should learn from our mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing is that I think over the past year and a bit specifically, we've seen that you know we as a whole as a community we've also made mistakes in how we approached what took place over the last year and a bit um and i think to add on to that i also think it's important to be mindful of our emotions and not get caught up in them um you know we often talk Mm -hmm. about this on the show where we say you know october we were all super emotional and super excited and 2022 2022 yes we were super you know this is it this is the time no turning back this Mm -hmm. you know all of these things and yet as we got further and further away from that beginning point we lost that sense of i don't want to say hope but excitement enthusiasm drive whatever you want to call it because the, we got caught up in the emotions so what is the when you say we need to learn from our mistakes mm-hmm. well i guess what you just gave us one but yeah, what, what's an of example of a couple of mistakes that we as a community need to learn from i mean some of what you guys have said the judgment piece the um, attacking each other, the mistrust, what you and Arash talked about, um, the inability to evolve, something again that Arash mentioned was his ability to evolve and I think that's really important, we should look at it as a community and actually drawing upon your conversation with Arash, he mentioned um, our individual roles and noticing that each of us plays He said responsibilities. Vo- yeah, yeah, he said he said responsibilities and individual roles and I wholeheartedly agree with that i think it's really important that we recognize especially those of us living outside of iran that we have such you know we have so much access to resources and things that we can do here and we're just waiting for the next person i'm not saying every single person needs to go out there and become an activist but doing what you can finding out what it is that you can do as an individual learning that and learning from the mistakes maybe some of us didn't do what we could have or I mean, we did more some than people or just as i said to arash in the interview though some people just don't care yeah and or that's I, a don't choice. Wa- I don't want to care like don't have the bandwidth it's like i already dragged my family dragged my family all the way to the to, to calgary mm-hmm. you know now you want me to have no, listen, to do my I, I don't due think diligence first the people of Kermon, you know it's yeah. a, i don't think that we can do everything not everyone especially in in today's world where we're all busy with you know work and lives and kids and and finances and all sorts of things it's not to say again that every single person needs to go out there and become a full-time activist but there are things that we can do for example we can stop spreading misinformation I'm not even saying you need to take an action. Mm. Don't take an action. If you don't know what it is that you're talking about, don't go on social media and post and spread misinformation, right? That's the very least that we can do as responsible. Well, you've got some, these are good, easy things to fix. (laughs) Start small. Yeah, yeah. stop misinformation in social media. Yeah. Great, done. At the very least. Uh, The the second part of this was what have you Mm. most learned going into 2024 or perhaps what is a resolution that you're going to try to stick by okay let's go start with you start with me sure um my personal uh, my biggest goal for the new year is actually to be more mindful 
of everything, whether mm. it's an action I'm taking, it's um, time I'm taking to do something, you know, spending time with individuals, anything is, is to just be more aware of what it is that I'm doing. Because I genuinely feel like last year just flew by and there were moments that I was kind of like, you know, what, what happened there? How did we get from January to December so quickly? I, I feel like there were times where I was kind of like... Wait, I'm confused about being what being more mindful means then. Well, being, being present in, in uh. moments and being mindful of what it is that I'm doing because there's so often right now when I look back at the last year that I feel like, you know, snap of a finger and there were months gone. So yeah. that would be my personal one. Mine is to be less mindful. Really? Sort of, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but not in the way you mean it. I don't know. I let's see if I'm there next year. Yeah, no, my, no, mine is mine is to, it's it's a little bit different. It's a, but mine is to care less what people think. Oh, okay, that's mine. Really, I swear. Well, you and I have become the same yeah. person. Wow, we had the, fo- the that's both. So weird. It, yeah, it, I I mentioned earlier the person you know who, I mean, it's a very very tiny example. Right. I'm not, but the person who got mad at me on social media for saying this is my mom's birthday. And they thought I was saying Happy Mother's Day, which mm-hmm. is the regime's Mother's Day. Whatever. Actually, I don't know if I'd ever care about that. But but there's there's definitely times in my life where right. I would have looked at that and gone, Oh my God, somebody's misunderstanding me. They don't. I need to fix this one. And now I I just mm-hmm. I can't I can't care mm-hmm. about that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and so to care, to if I can somehow manage it, mm-hmm. to care less what people think, yep. to care. Not, not. I should, I should uh, modify that. I care about what the people, the closest people around me think, mm-hmm. but um, not people I don't know who are. It's kind really, of the same. It's yeah. just, it's related to our other thing. Isn't I was going to say, well, thing. they yeah. judge you less. Yeah. 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 Um, well, for me, same same thing as you said, but it's a little different. As in, um, I'm very cautious of failures and I'm really worried about failing so mm. I don't even sometimes I don't even start because I have oh. I have that you know fear so for me stepping into this year is just do whatever you want unapologetically because mm. because the world is so unsure and it's becoming more and more unsure every day with with um, all the war going around in the world yeah. and you know the AI and you know like things are changing in such a and you know um, all the cliches about you only learn by fa- falling down, mm-hmm. like you yeah. have to fail. I don't think they're, cl- I think they're. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're real. Yeah, yeah. So real true, and, yeah. and true. Like every time you fail, you get one step closer to, to success. And I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to lead yeah. by this year. So interesting that yeah. we have those feelings. And Peg is the exact opposite. Peg's resolution is to care what the trolls on the internet are saying. No, I'm not saying care what the trolls. Don't don't <laughs> twist my words. To stay I present when somebody's attacking her. To be present when, <laughs> when I'm living my life. Yes. I'm actually a huge life enthusiast. You know this. I, I, yes. I celebrate every moment. Yes. I think every single, even the smallest of things should be celebrated. Yes. I agree. So. I think I just want to enjoy that. I think there's a Pitbull song that uh, Is there? can be your theme. Which one? It's called Feel the Moment or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. I've got a new anthem. Horrible, horrible song. And then they use the aha thing. Oh my God. And we've just lost listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've lost some of the Pitbull fans that have been tuning in to Rook. <laughs> um, all right. Well, those, that was great. Good job. Um, before we go, uh, I guess Sunday maybe? 
next few in a few days is mm-hmm. going to be the anniversary of yes. flight PS seven five two the downing of yeah. uh, of flight PS seven five two, which uh, you know it's not just a horrible historic event but something that really hits home for some of us mm-hmm. as as myself included you know we knew people on that plane and and so it'll never be antiseptic it'll mm-hmm. never be just a footnote it'll never be something that isn't at the forefront of of making one's blood boil mm-hmm. yeah and i know they have um the different associations and the family members of of the victims um have planned global vigils so those are happening all over the world this weekend um, I know in Toronto they're happening on Sunday, I believe. So yeah, definitely and Monday something. too. Sunday mm-hmm. and Monday, it seems. Yeah. Never forget, never forgive. Do you remember? You know the old thing, growing up in the in the West, like for the previous generation, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't alive, but people would say, for the baby boomers, like where where do you know where you were when John F. Kennedy oh, yeah. was shot, right? Um, and then it's do you know where you were when nine eleven happened. Mm-hmm. This flight seven five two is a moment like that for it's me. Do you, do you remember like the moment where you saw the the news and kind of every second of it? Yeah, yeah, every second. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how it's the horrific things that yeah. we remember. Or we can still taste the moment somehow, yeah. eh? Unfortunately. Yeah. All right, episode three hundred and four is done. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're Off into twenty twenty four. Thank you, Pega. Thank, Thank you, you Raho June. Thank, Thank you, Kaveh, Super P, Roham. Everybody here working on this program. This is full time for Rook for today. Our, our website for all things Rook related, rookmedia.com. Rookmedia.com. Go ahead, Super P. Play the theme. Oh, you don't have the theme. It's a good start to the year. I just want to feel the moment. It's Pegasus theme, and she didn't even know. I didn't. I yeah. did not remember. No, no, no. And somebody's who's on that with Pitbull? It's a. It's like not Shakira, oh, but no. somebody like that. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't know that we've discovered your theme song. Because she spends all of her time listening to Black Cats. I knew he was going to say that. It was either Black Cats or Rodeo Jamal. Because it that is. Was, those what, are the what, two he always yeah. uses. She's never like, I mean, have you ever heard the Rolling Stones? Yes, have you I've ever heard, heard the Rolling have Stones. Have you heard Radiohead? <laughs> yes, I've also I heard Radiohead. I love Radiohead. Well, They're thank my you. favorite. I don't listen to them regularly. No, because you're I have listening to Radio Javon. Cinderella, oh Cinderella. <laughs> What the heck is that? Da, 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 da. It says Black Cat. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't even know that one. <laughs> no, you know, you know the Black Cats. Full time for it. Dev, we got it, Super P. Get us out of this. Get us out of this. Play the theme. There it is. Oh. It's full time for Rook for today. Hey, thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Super Parisa, Smart, Pega, Savvy, Roham, Methodical Cave. He's methodical, you know? Bearded Omid, talented Anahita, resonant Raha. Thank you for all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already on any or all of our platforms. Coming back next week with a big announcement about a big guest coming up soon. Ooh. Yep. I'm not going to tell you right now, <gasps> but it's exciting. Find me on Instagram at Gomeshi. Find Rook at Rook Media. And as ever... Mizunbashi. Bashi.